Uh, it's my great pleasure now to welcome a man who is the Don Bradman of Sports Tech Fan Engagement, the co-founder of GTG Network, working with some of the biggest brands on the face of the planet, the LA Lakers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the NFL, Caesars Entertainment, if you don't mind, we're thinking Vegas a little bit there, uh, Ladbrokes in the UK, across the world game, and in Australia with the AFL and NRL offerings of sports bet. Nathan Rothschild, welcome to the show. Lockie, thank you very much for having me. And that's quite the intro. Uh, I hope a few more people give me intros like that. That's the best I've ever had, so thank you. Well, mate, when, when you're dealing with subject matter like yours, the intros write themselves because you are gold standard. I mean, to put it in perspective for people, the LA Lakers are worth $5 billion US dollars. So when they're looking and shopping around for who they want to work with, Perfection is the minimum requirement. They've gone to all four corners of the globe and they picked you, Nath, with GTG Network. Uh, Nath, I want to get to a, a bit of the background of the story. Can you give us the, the genesis of Genius, please? Yes, certainly. So um, we started out in 2012. We were giving out a little bit of content on Facebook and sort of just playing around a little bit. And then um, we start to get a little bit more serious commercially and one thing that we were getting from our fans on Facebook, our likes, um, was the request for sports data. Now, you know, as you know, I'm the uh, penultimate, you know, ultimate, I should say, uh, maths geek. And um, when, you know, customers come looking for sports data, this is something that I really understand, particularly in the sports betting space. So we're talking about space that both I really, I'm really passionate about and I understand really well, along with my co-founders, um, we went out and we researched the market and we felt there was a really good opportunity to um, build a sports data platform with, you know, a focus on sports betting, but really focus on sports engagement. And something that we've discovered the more that we've got on this journey that sports data and sports statistics, it's really central to the way many fans engage with sporting. Just look at the way broadcasters change over the last 10 years, that all the stats that come through via that and just in general media. All the talk is show me the data, show me the stats, show me the evidence. So uh, we went out, we uh, raised funding, um, built this uh, sports data platform called iSport Genius, really 2014 and 2015. Did our first major deal with Labrador actually here in Australia, um, late 2015, launched the start of 2016. And we've really been off to the races, pardon the pun, you know, ever since then. Um, you know, that, that first client is always the hardest and we were sort of very fortunate um, to secure that deal um, with a bloke named Dean Shannon, who's currently the CEO of uh, Ladbrokes Australia. And, you know, and since then it's been, you know, a, an Aussie sports tech startup that has really taken it to the world. Um, you know, the business has expanded significantly, both in terms of headcount, in terms of, you know, tech capability, our product suite that, We've gone on and we build tipping games across um, really anything that can be tipped on, whether it's, uh, you know, who's going to win, you know, the AFL grand final, who's going to score the first three-pointer in, you know, a game of the NBA, how many hot dogs will be eaten at the next hot dog eating world championship, which is, I actually believe is named after me being Nathan's uh, hot dogs. So, um, but really, I mean, there's been real scale that we've been able to generate from the technology that we've invested in. And that's allowed us, to, you know, and the names that, you know, you've, uh, read out either that we work with previously or we have in the past. Um, you know, they're the biggest names in you know sports and entertainment. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a lot of fun traveling the world. That prior to COVID, I was spending a heap of time outside of the country um, and just showing off all the different technology. You know, we also build 
arcade games, which I never would have thought. So, you know, from the fairly rudimentary, you know, swipe basketball into a hoop and collect points to stuff that's a little bit more nuanced and detailed. And so the customization that we can afford our clients has been a big part of, you know, our success and um, being able to leverage, you know, that headcount, sort of some quite significant technical resources inside the business. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, you know, presenting where very biased and we're very unashamed we're not that humble you know best in class technology and that's absolutely how we uh present ourselves and we have a lot of fun doing it so yeah unfortunately uh not a lot of travel recently most exciting trip in the last 18 months has been an overnight trip to canberra we're, with all due respect to canberra where you've sort of been having meetings inside caesar's palace with caesar's and then you're off to you know canberra probably not quite the same level of excitement but yes look canberra is our capital and a, a lovely place yeah, different, different to Vegas. Hey, um, I mean, it is amazing what you do. I know you generate 20,000 pieces of data out of every game. It's just, it's amazing. Um, and your background, I mean, as you alluded to, and you probably were a bit humble in this sense, I mean, you actually are a maths genius. Uh, you know, your study of mathematics, um, data science at Melbourne University, one of the most prestigious in the world, your ability to, I suppose, combine that aptitude you have for numbers and along with your team, Jared Hopping and, and Brett Cosgriff as well, your, your three partners in crime, um, the aptitude for numbers, but then your passion for sport. Tell us how you craft these games, because as you say, you've created these pick'em games, the arcade games that, you know, data is so dense, it's so complex for you to be able to generate content and, and stuff that is so consumerable, you know, that the average fan just loves. How do you do it? How do you go about taking something so complex and making it something so fun and engaging? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Is it a lot of work goes into it, a lot of work, a lot of lines of code, bit of secret sauce in there. Um, and that's why I'm glad you mentioned Jared and Brett, because shout out to them that, you know, picking on the content side, it's Brett and Jared leads product delivery in a, a really exceptional way. Um, but what they are, they're sports fans themselves. So they really understand it's not speculating so much what a sports fan would want. Yeah, we've done a lot of market research as well. And the ability to get very deep insights, but make them very easy to understand that, yeah, the attention span of a, and we'll use the sports betting sector here as an example, the attention span of a sports better is really quite limited, <laughs> with all due respect. Um, so what's really important is you need to engage the sports better, and then really a sports fan, they're just an example of the sports fan really quickly. So the ability to provide something that was genuinely insightful, um, but also very quick and very easy to, what we say, digest. It's really nuggets of information that, you know, within five seconds, you feel like you are smarter as a result of consuming that information. That is a huge part of what we do. That's really the basis of the business where we expanded from was um, having these massive amounts of content, but making sure that um, not just the content was easy to understand, but when we look at the clients, it's sort of a B to B to C business. Um that they could make use of the content, we could make use of the content for them in the most effective way possible. Where do you head now? I, I, I read with interest a piece by Deloitte, uh, the hyper-quantified athlete, and it was a report they conducted about the growth and, and the, the real headway there is for data and the monetization of this data industry as it, as it grows and grows. As someone that's been on the inside, and really you were a trailblazer in this space, as you say, best part of 10 years ago, you're in the inner sanctum now at the highest level. Where do you see the future next? Yeah, let's give 
pivot the lead into 2032 at the Brisbane Olympics. Where do you see this going in terms of, as you say, the data, but then also the fan engagement aspects, content creation? What's the future look like? Yeah, a couple of really interesting um, points there. So in terms of where it's all going, and we look at the 2032 Olympics, that the at-venue experience for um, fans will be hugely different, you know, in 11 years' time to what it is now. And that's something we're sort of very active in. And, you know, we work very closely with the Cisco Sports and Entertainment practice in terms of really revolutionising what corporate suites look like at venue, you know, lounges, um, is the digital fan engagement experience. Uh, so there's a lot more you'll see coming there from us in the not-too-distant future without without giving away too much. Um and then in terms of, you know, data will be a really big part of it, you know, and already the way that athletes prepare, data's become a really part of that. You know, a lot of, you know, top-end sports organisations around the world, they've got their chief data scientists and you look at the high-performance managers and the way that they look at the data. Um, I think a lot of them, they're consuming the data, but they're not really data guys by background. It's sort of part of their job is consuming and understanding data. I think you're going to see hardcore maths geeks having a more central role in not just the management of plays, but probably the management of sports organisations. And, and that's, I think that's hardly, an, you know, uh, an outlandish um, comment. I think that's that's already happening. But, you know, from my background, you know, with a, a particular interest in the space, you will see more of that happening and a lot of it behind the scenes as well. Very interesting. Very interesting. And what about, like, in terms of, you know, that in-stadium experience you spoke of, what about uh, in augmented reality, virtual reality? How do you see your company working in, in that with regards, you know, the next decade or so of growth? Yeah, uh, we're certainly looking at that space, and it's a particularly interesting one. There is a funny story here. I was actually just recounting it last week that um, I speak at quite a few conferences. I'm quite lucky to do that. And there was a global... Uh, gambling regulators conference in Sydney back in 2016 and one of the things that was being presented was the use of AR and VR um, and as it relates to sports betting and potentially how that will impact the future of sports betting and um, so we had someone come in actually demonstrating VR and I hadn't sort of had any experience with sort of modern day VR well, ever. So they sort of asked, did anyone want to come up and trial this VR? I go, yeah, why not? There's about 500 sort of pretty serious people there and then there's me who's you know, slightly less serious. Um, and I'm, I was just very lucky to be a guest at this uh, conference. I, I, I did get to speak as well. And anyway, you sort of went up to the front, they put the headset on, and what the experience was is that they put a plank of wood down on the floor and you basically were going up in a lift and you would tightrope off the top of a skyscraper. And I thought, okay, in the lift, you th I go, this feels pretty real. And I go, and then I open up the lift and it's literally like you're at the, top and you're peering out and your first step is you're just you know hundreds of meters up in the air and let me tell you um as i sort of i sort of refused to move i was dangling it's hard to explain the park, I was sort of dangling my foot out like into midair like it would have been quite funny to look at and i just scream out shit in front of like 500 guys you know 400 would probably send me to jail um and it was uh it was amazing like that experience and i remember i um very quickly took the headset. It was actually too real for me. It was an incredible experience. And as soon as I finished um, that session of the conference, I was on the phone to Jared and Brett and going, I don't know when we're doing it, but VR is going to be part of something we do because of I couldn't get over how real it had become um, compared to, you know, like really much earlier generations of it. So um, long story, but yes, there's a huge future. I mean, you see lots of great, um, you know, 
not just tech companies, but Aussie tech comes in the AR, VR space doing some really wonderful things and you'll see more of it. Again, that is, yeah, that's, that's not a fad. That space is real um, and you'll continue to see a lot more growth in that. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, augmented virtual reality. Uh, you know, it's it's where the future of the mass market's going to be for that sports and entertainment space. It's um, it's amazing to see people like yourselves who'll be the ones that are, are shaping it. Hey, um, what about a bit of inspiration? I mean, it is just an extraordinary story, yours. Start up here in Australia, and you're out there now, strutting your stuff on the world stage and dominating. Um, for all people listening to this who are, you know, they want to get a bit of that, you know, they want to try and get themselves out there, whatever it is, whether we're talking in business, in you know, athletics, any endeavor in life, really, um, mate, for you to be able to walk in to a boardroom and you sit across the table from the LA Lakers, worth the best part of $5 billion US, sit in a boardroom at Caesars Entertainment in Las Vegas, sit in a boardroom with the NFL, the biggest league in the world. Can you tell us how are you able to get into that room, to own that space, to believe in yourself and your product strongly enough that you are able to prosecute your case and get the win? No, a pre another really good question, and it almost makes me miss, um, you know, being able to travel because yeah, we've done a number of deals recently. They've all been over Zoom, um, because yeah, I can't do them in person. But you know, I remember sort of the first time I went into Lakers HQ. You know, they've got their training facility, um, down there, and sort of you walk through, and they I sort of got a little tour of you know their venue, their HQ, and um, yeah, I could see some of the players were training from a distance, and like that's pretty exciting stuff. You know, as a guy who um. Yeah, I was really into the NBA as a kid, so we're talking about the Jordan days, and really, once he retired, I sort of lost connection with the sport for a good 10 years, 15 years, and then it was really Jared and Brett as big NBA guys who got me back into it, and then actually a lot of the guys in Melbourne are really into the NBA, really into the North American sports, and some of them are really into the NFL as well. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of excitement that you go into a, a meeting like that with, but ultimately, it's having confidence in what you're presenting that... Um, you know, the preparation's been done that I legitimately believe that I've got the best products on earth that I'm presenting. Um, so no one's going to intimidate me away from presenting, you know, in any other fashion. So that's exactly how I presented that we have the best technology um, where, you know, we've got the client base to back it up. Um, and again, that's sort of part of the journey that, and I talked about how the first deal with Labrokes that, you know, to Labrokes and to Dean, we were sort of a bit of an unknown quantity, but He's a bit of a visionary. He understood the product. So that was important to him. And then all of a sudden you go to the next client and you're not an unknown quantity anymore. And then you grow and you grow and there's just more case studies and that client base that you can leverage off. So, um, yeah, by the time we've been to the Lakers, we already had a number of big name clients. So that helps. And you can talk to and demonstrate, um, you know, technology in action. And in a sense, I'm the lucky one that I'm not the one who builds a technology. That's why the technology is good. If I was building it, we'd have a real problem. Um, so I get to you know, have a lot of fun with the hard work of a lot of others. You know, the product guys and Jared and his team and, you know, the large team of engineers that we have. And I get to go in and, um, you know, demonstrate, you know, what's, you know, I think technical excellency, but also um, I don't know if creative excellency is the best way to put it, but there's a lot of really smart thinking in terms of the design of the product. Um 
and we'll push you know, the boundaries a little bit further. And, you know, I talked about, you know, essentially the three main pillars of what we do. There's the stats and content engine. There's the tipping prediction pick'em games. All the same thing. I just sort of travel around the world. In the US, they're pick'em games here. They're tipping games. In the UK, they'll be something else. Um, and then the arcade games. And that's become a real strength. And that's only been probably the last few years where, in terms of points of difference and the excellence in technology is we've got all three divisions and being able to... Um, Essentially, we can package all that into a single product, and that is what we originally did with the Lakers before moving on to, you know, um, actually working with the Detroit Pistons with a product called FanPick for the last uh, NBA season. Is you know, there's tipping game, there's a tipping component in there. Oh, we've got some of our facts and stats in there. Um, we've got the basketball arcade game in there. Um, so being able to leverage a, a really unique set of products helps massively, and that's where. The team, you know, just in Melbourne, all over the world that, you know, we've got um, team members, they make my job really easy. So why am I sort of, you know, confident going in? That's why I'm confident going in. That's why I can close the deal is because I'm legitimately presenting technology and products that are super appealing to, you know, the really big companies that I'm pitching to. Um, but I love it. I mean, and I certainly miss not being able to travel because what do I enjoy? You know, being able to um, work with and add a lot of value to um there's some of the biggest teams, leagues, um, sports betting organisations, media companies all over the world. There's a heap of fun in that, um, particularly when I talk about the you know humility, remembering where we came from, that we were an Aussie startup um, that for a while wasn't really doing a whole lot. Um, there was building and there was hoping and there was dreaming and there was you know praying and doing a lot more hard work. But then sort of when you get your breakthrough, actually have a little bit of momentum. Um, it means a lot more when you've struggled early on for it. Um, and we, it said it wasn't all gravy. Um, and it's never all gravy that, you know, it's not like every single thing we touch turns to gold. Uh, we don't pretend that's the case. Um, our hit rate is pretty good. Um, we're going quite well, but um, there's always room for improvement. And that's a message that's circulated, you know, internally of, you know, we're still fairly on in our journey. Um, we're just not as early on as obviously what we were a few years ago. Mate, it's just incredible. And um, for everyone, check them out at gtgnetwork.com. Uh, Nath, you know, you are a world leader in this space. You're a great ambassador for Australia. You are a poster person for what Australians can do on the world stage, particularly in this industry. It's the new world economics, and you're leading the way for us. So, Nath, I love having you on the show, and I appreciate your time very much. No, thank you very much for having, having me.